Amen. All right. Well, one day, guess who was hiking in the backwoods of Vegas? Alan Kinney Show. That's right. You guys are on the ball. And they're hiking in the backwoods of Vegas, apparently to get in shape. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a guy thing, Alan. And, and uh, they're out there in the backwoods. They're hiking around. And all of a sudden, they, uh, all, when these terrific downpours started to happen here in Vegas, okay? Right? Yeah. So here's what they did. They, they ran for about 10 minutes in the pouring rain, and they finally reached their car just as the rain let up. So Alan Kinney, they jumped into the car and started up and started heading down the road. But all of a sudden, get this, a, an old man's face appeared in the passenger side window that Al was sitting on, and he starts tapping on the window. And so Al, he screams out, ah, Kenny, Kenny, look out my window. There's, there, there's an old guy's face there. Was this a ghost? Was this a ghost? But the old man, he just kept on knocking. And so Kenny says to Al, he says, we'll open the window a little and ask him what he wants. So Al, he rolls down his window part way, and he's scared out of his wits, and he goes, what do you want? And the old man, he just softly replied, you got any food? Well, Al, he's terrified. He looks over at Kenny and says, he, he, he wants food. And so Kenny says, well, hurry, offer him a sandwich. Hurry, quick, quick. So, so Al, he fumbles around his backpack, and, and he hands the old man a sandwich. He rolls up the window in terror, and he says, step on it, Kenny, step on it. Yeah. And so now they're going about 80 miles an hour, man. And, and they begin to calm down and <laughs> start laughing at themselves. And Al says to Kenny, he says, man, what do you think about that? That was pretty crazy. And Kenny says, I don't know, man. How could that be? I'm going pretty fast. But then all of a sudden, again, there's a knock at the window. And the old man, he's looking in the window. And Al screams, oh, there he is again. And so Kenny says, we'll see what he wants now. And so Al, he rolls down the window a little ways and shakily says, yes. And the old man, he just quietly asks, do you have a napkin? And so Al, he throws him a napkin out the window. He rolls it up again. And he yells to Kenny, step on it, Kenny, step on it. So now they're going about 100 miles an hour, trying to forget what they had just seen and heard. But all of a sudden, again, there's more knocking. He's back. And so Al, he rolls down the window, and he screams out in utter stark terror, what do you want? And the old man gently replied, you want some help getting out in the mud? <laughs> we should start a YouTube channel, The Alan Kenny Show, live from Vegas. I love that one. Hey, how many guys would say, I know this hopefully isn't too tough, but uh, Al and Kenny, they just had no clue what was going on there. You know what I'm saying? They got totally duped by that circumstance, okay? And as you guys know, there's always a punchline. Seriously, folks, believe it or not, the Bible says that not just Al and Kenny, okay, is going to get duped on a trip. Believe it or not, the Bible says the whole planet is going to get duped, and they're going to go on a horrible trip, and that is going to happen at the rapture of the church. And the reason why it's going to be such a deceptive time and such a horrible time is because for those who refuse to accept Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, they are going to be catapulted into the seven-year tribulation, and that is not a joke as we've been seeing. It is an outpouring of God's wrath on this wicked and rebellious planet. He is going to have the last word on this evil and suffering, okay, is what we've been seeing. And Jesus clearly told us this is going to be the worst time in mankind's history. So horrible is the seven-year tribulation, he says, that unless God shows in that time frame, the entire human race would be destroyed. Wow. Because we've been seeing, praise God, God's not just a God of wrath, which again is a good thing. His justice, he's not going to let all this evil and suffering go on forever. Amen? That's a good thing. But praise God, he's a God of love as well. And because he loves you and I, he's given us so many warning signs in the Bible over and over again to let us know it's getting close. The seven-year tribulation and Jesus Christ, his second coming is rapidly approaching. Therefore, to keep you and I from experiencing here at sunrise, the ultimate bad day of being left behind. Worse than a trip with Alan Kinney, apparently. We're going to continue on our study. That's right, called the final countdown. Final countdown. You guys can read. Awesome. That's right. And so far, we've already seen in our study, the number 10 sign on the final countdown was? The Jewish people. The number 9 sign was? 
Modern technology. The number eight sign was, we'll just sit closer to John next week. You guys would do great, okay? Uh, the number seven sign was, rise of falsehood. And that's right, the last four times we saw the sixth sign was the rise of wickedness, okay? Turn on your TV. You're living in the last days. The proof's right there. And what we saw is God lovingly foretold you and I that when we see across the planet this massive increase of absolute unadulterated wickedness, which is happening right now today all over the world, Okay, thanks in part to a wicked worldview called humanism, a wicked teaching and attack from atheistic evolution, a wicked worship called self-love, self-esteem, and last week if you were here, a wicked lifestyle called hedonism, which gets you to become a lover of yourself rather than a lover of God. And the Bible clearly saw, if you were here for that, is once you get into that society when it's all about pleasing yourself more than God, okay, guess what? It's an indicator that you're living in the last days. And it also explains why in the world and how in the world did we go from being such a great, mighty, awesome, spiritual, godly Christian nation into this, what we have to deal with today, okay? But that's not all. I'm still preaching on this, so guess what? There's got to be more. That's right, Surely I told you I'd work you in. I got you. There's got to be more, and surely you are right. Okay, I'm sure about that. And the seventh reason why we know, folks, that we've turned, unfortunately, from being this great and mighty strong Christian nation into this uh, rise of wickedness is because of a promotion across the world of a wicked chemical. The seventh reason is the promotion of a wicked chemical. What I'm talking about, folks, this is wild. This is almost just like the wickedness we see uh, in our world today. Just turn on your TV. What I'm talking about, folks, is the rise of drugs. Drug usage, believe it or not. Little do people realize, folks, the Bible is clear that, that all these just say no to drug campaigns, all these t-shirts, no to drugs, they're in schools. All this talk about drug wars and drug lords and drug problems that we see all over the world is actually a sign from God you are living in the last days. I didn't say it, he did. The planet is gonna be crawling with drug abuse in the last days. Open your Bibles to Revelation chapter nine. Revelation chapter nine clearly talks about this. If you find the dictionary, what do you do? Hang a left, that's right. Revelation chapter nine, we're gonna see, as you can see there, uh, Revelation chapter nine, verse 12 through 21. Let's take a look at the context. It's talking about how wicked the last day society is gonna be. And then it's gonna break it down for us, and this is gonna be our primary text today. It's gonna break it down for us as to why the planet is so stinking wicked. I mean, you think it's bad now? You ain't seen nothing yet. As we're gonna see the planet, as I alluded to earlier, is going to be literally crawling with demons. You don't? want to be there okay revelation chapter 9 starting with verse 12 take a look at this it says this it says the first woe is past the other two woes are to come let me translate that for you you ain't seen nothing yet and if you know anything that happened in the previous eight chapters you don't want to be there but now you ain't seen nothing yet let's continue on verse 13 here's why the sixth angel sounded his trumpet and i heard a voice from the horns of the golden altar that is before god it said to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who were bound at the great river Euphrates. And the four angels who had been kept, listen, this is all planned by God, had been kept ready, listen, for this very hour and day and month and year were released to what? Kill one third of mankind, just like that. And again, if you know the context, this is after one fourth of the earth was annihilated earlier. Now here comes another third in one fell swoop. It's going to be a horrific time. And he says, the number of their mounted troops was 200 million. I heard their number. 
The horses and riders I saw in my vision looked like this. Their breastplates were fiery red, dark blue, and yellow as sulfur. The heads of the horses resembled heads of lions, and out of their mouths came fire, smoke, and sulfur. A third of mankind was killed by these three plagues of fire, smoke, and sulfur that came out of their mouths. The power of the horses was in their mouths and in their tails. You get it coming and going from these creatures. And their tails were like snakes, having heads which they inflicted injury. Now listen, the rest of mankind that were not killed by these plagues, these horses, of demons coming out man they got right with God they said whoo we're being judged by the hand of God okay God I I, I get it I, I, I repent listen to how wicked the planet is going to be in the seven-year tribulation you'd think that would wake them up it says this the rest of mankind that was not killed by these plagues still what more is it going to take still did not repent of the work of their hands why because they did not stop worshiping what demons and idols of gold and silver and bronze and stone and wood idols that cannot see hear or walk nor did they repent of their murders their magic arts their sexual immorality or their thefts that's a pretty creepy time frame folks the bible clearly says we just saw the text there that the, the last days is going to be so wicked mankind is going to get so wicked in the last days that even though they're clearly being judged by the hand of god himself that still doesn't wake them up apparently not even that will get their attention not even the judgment of God will turn them around. What did the text say? This is absolutely not. They would not repent. Why? Is the question I have. Well, let's take a look at the text there. The first word that's used there is the word their magic arts. Okay, as it said there in the text. They would not repent because of their magic arts. Now listen, that's actually the Greek word pharmakeia, where we get the word in English for pharmacy. You know, a place where you go and get drugs okay and that's why it literally means the word there pharmakeia drugs or drugines okay and so this tells us one of the reasons why people in the last days are so evil and, and so evil to the point where they refuse to repent and get right with god even though they are clearly being judged by the hand of god apparently in the last days there's going to be a massive amount of drug use pharmakeia and people's minds apparently are going to be elsewhere okay that's what the text says massive rise of pharmacaea or drug usage. But man, good thing we don't see any signs of drugs spreading across the planet getting out of control, do we? <laughs> Again, turn on your TV, man. What do we hear every single night? How many programs in school do they have to have this? How, how many billboards in every community? This is all we hear. Drug this, drug that, drug problem here, drug raid there, uh, drugs in schools, drugs in homes, drugs in the streets, drugs in the government, drugs on old McDonald's farm, drugs everywhere, drugs around the world, drugs, 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 right? Drug usage has gone ballistic around the world, and guess what it's doing? It's spawning all kinds of wicked behavior. In fact, drugs are getting so prevalent in our society, they're creating new ones all the time. They literally call them designer drugs. Apparently, the classic ones, like cocaine and heroin, aren't enough. You have to design new ones. One of the latest ones I came across in, I, uh, in my notes this week was called Crocodile. It's the, one of the latest drugs called Crocodile. Now, listen to this. Uh, and they call it Crocodile because of what it does to people. When you take this drug, it turns your skin greenish, like a crocodile, in scaly in appearance, and it eventually causes your blood vessels to rupture, and then it kills the surrounding tissue. So you end up looking, if you will, like a zombie-like creature with chunks of dead flesh all over your body. And I quote, listen, once you're an addict at this level using this stuff, listen, this is a direct quote from the, the article, no rational thinking applies. 
Now listen, that would mean, I would say, no rational thinking once you're going down this. That, that would include getting right with God even in the midst of, hello, you're being judged by God. That would be rational. But when your mind is clouded with all this stuff, you're not going to do that, which is uh, rational. And speaking of zombies and weird stuff like that, okay, what's another drug lately even in the news we've been hearing about? Of all things, bath salt. Bath salt, right? And it's one thing if a person apparently wants to use bath salts, which obviously we don't recommend, but what have we seen as that uh, usage of that drug of, of bath salts as a drug, what does it cause people to do? Horrific things. You talk about wickedness, they're eating their faces off, right? And folks, believe it or not, the experts are saying, this is the tip of the iceberg, man. We ain't seen nothing yet. It is about to get worse all across the planet. And that's because there's another drug out there that people are uh, right now wanting to legalize. And the experts are saying, this drug, don't do that because it's a gateway drug to using all different kinds of drugs. Even the drugs that have seemed to gone dormant or leveled off is going to increase. It's going to explode on the scene. This massive rise of drug usage and what that drug is, is called marijuana. And experts are saying, man, once that thing gets legalized, we ain't seen nothing yet. Drug usage is going to go nuts. It's a gateway drug. It's going to spawn all kinds of wicked behavior that we can't even believe it. Now, here's the thing. I don't know about you, but it's a good thing. Society might be going down that route and promoting, you know, legalization of marijuana, which obviously, uh, as a church, we'd be against. But <laughs> good thing, that's just it. We, we, the church, would never support something like that, would we? I'm leading you into my video. Oh, yeah, that's really sure. Wait till you hear who's supporting this. This is crazy, folks. Take a look at this. Legalization of marijuana has been sung about by Peter Tosh, but who'd have thought that television evangelist Pat Robertson would now support the idea? I became sort of a hero of the hippie culture, I guess, when I said I think we ought to decriminalize the possession of, uh, of marijuana. I, I, I just think it's shocking how many of these young people wind up in prison and they get turned into hardcore criminals because they have had possession of a very small amount of a, uh, of a controlled substance. I mean, the whole thing is crazy. Yeah, I, I think it's crazy, too. Who would have thought that we have gotten to the level of society, even in the church, that a so-called Christian evangelist is for the promotion of the legalization of marijuana? I'm telling you folks, the experts are saying, once this happens, man, if marijuana gets legalized, we ain't seen nothing yet. This is a gateway drug. Even the secular researchers admit this, folks. And so now you are going to have, you ain't seen nothing yet. You're going to have a massive, full-blown drug problem all over the world that you can't even think of. And you think it's bad now? You think the drug problem now is creating wickedness? We ain't seen nothing yet. And the reason why, folks, is once you start using drugs, you don't just open physical doors. You open spiritual doors. See, that's a lie. You're not just taking a physical trip. You're taking a spiritual trip. Been there, done that, wish I would not have bought the t-shirt. You see, once you take drugs, folks, it puts your mind into an altered state of consciousness. It puts your mind into an altered state of consciousness. And drugs, by the way, are just one of the ways that you can get into an altered state of consciousness, opening up spiritual doors that you don't want to mess with. A couple of other ones that can happen is through hypnotism. Is an altered state of consciousness that psychotherapists and others use today. Another way that you get into an altered state of consciousness, it isn't just drugs, repetitive movement, jumping up and down repeatedly and then saying, then stop. And the Hindu yogis use that technique to get people into an altered state of consciousness. Repetitive speech, on and on, the same thing over and over again. Hare Krishnas do that with repeating their mantra over and over and over. And, you, and you, next thing, you're in altered state of consciousness. You can do it through uh, certain body postures and stretches like yoga. 
which is a Hindu death movement, preparing the person for death. The word there, yoga, means yoke. You are yoking yourself up in death to the Hindu deities, which are demons. That's a whole other topic, isn't it? It'll get you into an altered state of consciousness. Another way you can do it, you can do it through breathing exercises, meditation, various forms of that. All of them, including drugs, get you into an altered state of consciousness. Now, here's the problem, folks. It's not just physical, it's spiritual. Once you get into an altered state of consciousness, you open up spiritual doors. You are opening yourself up to demonic forces to come in and now take control of you. Even researchers are admitting on the brain, something spiritually is going on. Let's take a look at this guy. No one knows what hypnosis is. No one knows what goes on in the mind. It's an altered state of consciousness like yogis and uh, witch doctors have been practicing. Uh, it loosens the normal connection between your spirit and your brain. And of course, if the hypnotist can control you, make all kinds of suggestions, make you think uh, things are happening that are not happening, make you think you have powers that you don't, experiences that you haven't, even implant memories. Uh, other beings, if there are other minds out there, they could also do the same thing. Sir John Eccles, Nobel Prize winner for his research on the brain, describes the brain as, quote, a machine that a ghost can operate, unquote. What he means by that is your spirit operates your brain in a normal state of consciousness, in an altered state, reached under yoga, a TM, hypnosis, uh, you have loosened the normal connection between your spirit and your brain, and that allows another spirit, other entities, other minds, to interpose themselves and begin to tick off the neurons in your brain, create a, a universe of illusion. I believe that it's demonic. I think all of the evidence indicates this. Wow. What a pretty slick trick. I mean, that's a whole other topic. Maybe we can get into that the next time with the rise of apostasy or one world religion. Look at all the different ways the enemy gets us to get ourselves into an altered state of consciousness so that demons can start messing with us. It's almost like he's a great deceiver or something. Wow, what a quinky dink. And drugs, folks, is, uh, is just one of those things, okay? Let's see if we can put all this together because I think there's, a, there's an obvious conclusion here that fits with our text. Drugs, as we've seen, can cause people to do some pretty horrific things, right? You're not in your right mind. You're in an altered state of consciousness. You'll do stuff like eating other people's faces off. Drugs are not only currently being used all over the world, but it's escalating. And now there's talks of legalizing a gateway drug that could explode it even worse onto the scene. And we saw once you get yourself into an altered state of consciousness, you open yourself up to being controlled by a demon, right? That's what all the evidence says. So let's put it all together, stir it in, make a little stew here. I wonder what that would do to the planet. I mean, maybe it would create a level of wickedness that we can't even dream of, including th this kind of wickedness. People are so wicked, man, they refuse to repent and get right with God, even though they're being judged by God. Good thing we don't see any signs of that getting ready. To... It's happening right now, folks. As we see in our text, that's exactly what's going to happen when you're living in the last days, but that's not the eighth reason why we turn from a great and mighty Christian nation to this rise of wickedness. It's not just a drug usage problem, a wicked chemical. We also got a promotion of a wicked connection, a wicked connection. What I'm talking about is connecting up with demons literally to the point where you are worshiping them. As we just saw folks with the research, using drugs, okay, is just one of the ways to open up spiritual doors for demonic influences to begin to control your behavior, right? 
And things are going to get really wicked. But I'm telling you, that's, it's going to get even worse than that. And that's because the Bible says it's going to get so bad in the seven-year tribulation that people aren't just opening themselves up to demons. They are literally going to now be worshiping those demons. Let's go back to the text. That was the very first thing that the Apostle John told us. Let's take a look at it. Revelation chapter 9, verse 20 says this. The rest of mankind that were not killed by these plagues still did not repent of the work of their hands. Wow. Well, Why? Well, what was the very first thing he said? They did not stop worshiping what? Demons. Now, come on. How do you get around that? It's clear in the text there. They didn't stop worshiping demons and idols of gold and silver and bronze and stone and wood, idols that cannot see, hear, or walk. Okay? And folks, as wild as it is, as crazy as it sounds, the Bible says right there in that text, very clear, no hidden Greek going on there, okay, is it says that it's going to get so bad in the last days, people are going to get so wicked that they are actually going to be not just opening themselves to demons, they're going to be worshiping demons. But man, good thing we don't see any signs of people doing that. You know uh, yeah, they are. And this is something I don't think we want to deal with, but we better deal with it. Because it's happening, folks. Demon worship, including the worship of the biggest demon of all, the fallen angel, Satan, is on the rise in America. And we've already seen in our study how he's done a masterful job of getting us to act like him and live like him when we live for nothing but ourselves uh, and, and love ourselves more than God, which is the number one law of Satanism. We saw that earlier. But it's gotten so bad, folks, and so dark that we now have full-blown Satanists entering all levels of society. It's out in the open now, and it's on the rise, and it's being encouraged. And part of the reason is due to our disbelief. Lord willing, next week we're going to see once again the stat that 65% of people professing to be Christians don't even believe that Satan exists. Professing to be Christians. And so part of the reason why these people are on the rise and get to do this stuff, even Satanism, folks, is because we don't even believe in Satan. And so they get to sneak in under the radar, so to speak, with virtually no opposition. And it's also partly because of the ease of access now for people to get acquainted with Satanism. No longer do you have to go to some back alley in some creepy bookstore in Timbuktu to stumble across uh, the uh, unfortunate uh, teachings of Satanism. It's all over the place, including the internet. And I quote this one article says this, a surge in Satanism is now being fueled by the internet and has led to a sharp rise in the demand for exorcisms. Get these demons out of me. Okay, and, I, and this is all documented. Some schools in California, listen to this. How'd you like to go to this school? And I quote, Lucifer is a model and a guardian. Most of what contributes to our work as teachers Preparation work, artistic work, and even meditative work is under the guardianship of Lucifer. We can become great teachers under his supervision. I kid you not. In Northern California. And then recently, if you're paying attention, there was a prayer offered up live on television by Jack Black to Satan himself at an MTV Music Video Awards. And he urged the audience to join hands together and pray, Dear Dark Lord Satan. This was on television. I saw the video. Dear Dark Lord Satan, and he asked Satan to give the musicians and the nominees continued success in the music industry, completely out in the open. People laughed and yucked it up. Folks, Satanism, we've got to deal with this. It's not just real. It's on the rise on the planet. It's happening all over the place, whether we want to deal with it or not. Like these people in there. Let's take a look. We believe in greed. This 
lady in a black robe came forward with this little baby. I had my incredibly sharp knife. I would strap the animal into the middle of the pentagram. There were things here that weren't quite as they should be. And she just laid it on the altar. And then I just cut its head off like that, suddenly. Then the high priest just cut the baby's throat. They taught me how to kill someone. All the power that was raised through this ritual was uh, used for killing off Christians. Where is the dividing line between something which is a bit of a giggle into full-blown Satanism? Hail Something about sacrifice, if you do it once, you want to do it all the time. All religions are coming around to Satanism. We're in the very throes of a new Satanic age. The evidence is all around us. All we have to do is look at it. That's the problem, though, isn't it? We don't want to look at it. And then we've gone to the other extreme where 65% of people professing to be Christians don't even believe what we just saw. Folks, this is not a game. We don't want to deal with this. We don't want to deal with the fact that Satanism, demon worship is on the rise, even here in America, and yet the Bible says that's exactly what's going to happen in the last days. It's going to become commonplace. People would not stop worshiping demons. It's a sign you're in the last days. But another fact that we don't want to deal with is how Satanism is not only clearly on the rise here in America, folks, and around the world. You think it's bad here? Europe, whew, extremely dark. But another thing we don't want to deal with is how Satanists themselves are getting so stinking bold so much out in the open that they are coming into American churches to take them down. They're not hiding in the shadows anymore, folks. Believe it or not, they might be sitting right next to you right now, stirring up trouble in the church. Don't take my word for it. Listen to these former Satanists, and they admit they not only go into churches, listen to how they take them down. This is wild. Christians are the Satanist worst enemy. They are out to torment you. They are out to blackmail you, they, they will even kill you. They even tried to kill me um, when I came out of um, black witchcraft. If you're in a church where the Spirit of God is really moving and where the Word of God is really being preached and where prayer is really going up to heaven for the salvation of souls, then they're going to regard you as their mortal enemies and they're going to be out there trying everything they can to, to destroy, to kill, and to maim, because that is, of course, the nature of Satan, and that is also the nature of his followers. They will try and infiltrate your church. They will try and set up whispering campaigns against the pastor and the elders. They may even try to seduce the pastor. For two years, I was involved in the Baptist church. I was constantly complaining about the pastor's sermons being too long, being too dry, sowing discord between the people, gossiping about others. As each member uh, is initiated into the coven, they are commissioned to do a job. And one individual's job may be to uh, desecrate a church. They'll des destroy or desecrate churches, where they'll spray paint Satan right on the altar, just to put fear into that Christian church. Some Satanists who were hand-picked, um, the most powerful ones, were sent into churches to disrupt the meeting and we stopped people from going forward when they um, asked for people to go forward and accept Christ as their saviour. I personally in fact was trained to learn all of the, 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 the Christian jargon you know to say hallelujah and praise the Lord and do all the right things and yet I, I had no more idea of Jesus being my saviour than, than a man on the moon. 
if you can tear down the prayer foundation of a church, then you've destroyed that church. And that's what every witch or Satanist plans to do when they go into a church, is to tear down that prayer foundation, and the rest of the church goes quickly after that. That's not only going on, but 65% of the churches that are having to deal with that don't even believe in it. Let me see if I can get this straight. You mean to tell me that the weapons that Satanists use to destroy churches is to just sit there right in the midst of them in the congregation and get Christians to start complaining and whining and gossiping and fighting against each other? Man, good thing we never see any signs of that ever happening. I'll say this, because I think it fits. What do you say? When the word of God is being preached, is the word of God being preached here at sunrise? When souls are being saved at sunrise, what do he say? When prayers are going up for the salvation of souls, what do he say? They're going to consider you your mortal enemy and they're coming in your church. What was the weapon he used? I'll bring this up, folks. Lately, there has been two completely obtuse rumors going around at sunrise. Number one, out of the blue, and we all laughed about his leadership because it's a bunch of baloney. Somebody started a rumor that the deacons were here and they're getting ready to take me out. And we laughed just like that. Number two, recently somebody else started a rumor that said that the deacons put a kibosh on the Christmas musical and instead of three performances, it's only one, stirring up trouble. And I'll just say this, if you're here today and you're doing that and you're a Satanist, you need to turn to Jesus Christ. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and he is willing to forgive you of everything, including that. And you are serving a loser. Jesus Christ is the winner and he is willing to have a loving relationship with you. Satan wants you to go straight to hell in the lake of fire with him. Jesus wants to give you eternal life. Turn to him today. But I will say this. If you're here today and you're the one that's doing this, maybe you're not a Satanist, but can I tell you something? You're acting like one, knock it off. And we're investigating this and when we find out you're the one that's gonna be in trouble because we're gonna continue to move by the spirit of God doing great things for Jesus Christ. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. But here's the point, folks, we better wake up. All of our battles are not against flesh and blood. How many times does Paul have to tell us that? It isn't always just physical. Gee, why is there all these troubles going on again? It's not always just physical or natural. Sometimes it's spiritual. And here's the point, as you guys can see, demon worship, including the worship of the ultimate, unfortunate, fallen angel or demon Satan is on the rise. And, and if this trend continues and it looks like there's no stopping it, especially with the church rejecting belief in it, what's that gonna do to the planet? What effects would that have on us? I got a theory and it goes like this. I'm thinking it's going to create a level of wickedness that we can't even dream of to the point where people across the planet are going to get so wicked that they refuse to repent and get right with God even though they're being judged by God. Good thing we don't see any signs of that happening. It's happening right now. And the Bible says that's a sign you were living in the last days. But that's not all the ninth reason. One more to go, guys, for today. Uh, why we've turned from a great and mighty Christian nation. And um, we see this rise in wickedness today is the promotion of not just a wicked chemical, a wicked connection, but hey, man, it's going into witchcraft. A wicked coven. A wicked coven. Okay? What I'm talking about is Wicca. Okay? And that's not candle making. 
although they use candles in their ceremonies. Okay, Wicca is the new term for old-fashioned witchcraft. That's all it is. All they did is repackage it. You, know, you can't say witchcraft because that freaks people out. So they changed the term. It's called Wicca, okay? And believe it or not, the Bible clearly says, let's go back to our text again, that not only drug usage and demon worship is going to be on the rise in the last days, believe it or not, witchcraft is going to explode all over the place. Let's take a look at that text one more time. Revelation chapter 9, verse 20, now 21, 21. Let's take a look. The rest of mankind that was not killed by these plagues still did not repent of the work of their hands. Man, Why? Well, as we just saw, they would not stop worshiping demons, okay? And idols of gold and silver and bronze and stone and wood, idols that cannot see, hear, or walk. Not only that, nor did they repent of their murders, their magic arts, that's the word again, and their sexual immorality or their thefts, okay? Now, I want to focus back on that word once again uh, with uh, magic arts. It's pharmakeia. And the reason why I want to focus on it is because it does mean drug or drugging, so it's where we get the word pharmacy from, but it also carries with it the idea of not just drug usage, but a specific drug usage. Drug usage that's fostered by the dark arts, quote unquote. And if you know anything about the occult, that's what they do to get you into an altered state of consciousness to connect with the demons, okay? And that's why you'll see in most of your translations there that that word is translated just as that. Not just drugs, but magic arts or sorcery, or some of them literally say witchcraft. But man, good thing we don't see any signs of witchcraft exploding, gaining popularity across America and the world. And Folks, it's every place. Right? And again, they're doing it. It's a new slick campaign. They're doing it with the promotion of this thing called Wicca, which again is the new term for old-fashioned witchcraft. And call it what you will, but listen, they're very slick. Their teachings and their practices are not just demonic. They've already infiltrated our thinking, getting us to act and behave like witches. Let me prove it to you. For instance, witchcraft believes that the entire earth is a living, breathing organism and is the manifestation of the mother goddess. What's that sound like? Sounds like the environmental movement, doesn't it? That's witchcraft. Witchcraft says that the mother or female goddess is to be worshipped above all, not some male god. That sounds like feminism, doesn't it? That's witchcraft. They also say that, hey, truth is whatever is true for you. There are no absolutes. That sounds like what we saw last week with relativism, isn't it? That's witchcraft. Witchcraft also says that in order to contact these gods and goddesses, demons, for personal power, you need to practice astrology, divination, incantation, psychic power, or speaking with the dead. Wait a second, that sounds like new age that we saw before that so many people are getting suckered into. And it's being promoted today over and over again. Uh, turn on your TV. What's being promoted? All kinds of occultic uh, stuff that's being promoted. You got the old uh, psychic hotline thing. Remember that thing? And the crossing over with John Edwards. What's the latest one now? That lady from New Jersey, Long Island Medium. What are they promoting? Witchcraft, necromancy, the things that they promote. And thanks to movies like, uh, and shows like Charm, thank, uh, you know, Harry Potter, you know, Twilight, all those kinds of things. Witchcraft has a whole new appeal, even to kids. Isn't that wonderful? But I'm so glad that all that stuff has no effect on kids. You know what I'm saying? You, the adult, I'll give you the benefit. You might be able to differentiate, but the kids can't and they don't. Don't listen to me, listen to them. They tend to be a little bit more honest, okay? When they see this stuff, folks, many of the kids come out of there. I'm not saying all of them, but many of them come out of there. They're so stinking excited about witchcraft, they can't wait to literally become one. They go to other websites and they explore, how do you become one? One girl's you're gonna see, I'm so stinking excited. The greatest part I saw was that when they were drinking the blood. Let's take a look. This is what's going on. J.K. Rowling, the author of the Harry Potter series, admitted that she got many, many requests for children that wanted to attend Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. 
and we know from books that are out there and interviews with children that they really wonder at night while they're laying awake if there is a Hogwarts that they can go to. If you go to the Warner Brothers site, they ask you to enlist into Hogwarts. Well, there are sites out there that are pulling in your children who are interested in learning more in various different schools of witchcraft and wizardry. They are very clever, aren't they? And it is scary when you think about it, how they're indoctrinating kids into the dark arts of witchcraft. That's the generation growing up before us. What's going to happen when they become adults? Witchcraft is not only becoming appealing to kids, environmentalists and feminists, but uh, this is all documented. Even uh, psychologists are starting to use witchcraft techniques to treat their patients. Apparently, the other stuff ain't working as we saw before. In fact, Wicca has now been recognized as an official religion in the United States. And if that wasn't bad enough, listen, one of the male deities that is worshipped by those in Wicca is called the horn god Pan. All right? Now, listen. In the ancient cult of Pan, the rites of passage included the use of drugs to entice the spirits to come. Open yourself up to be controlled by the spirits. And if someone was possessed by Pan, which is where we get our word panic from, it often resulted in an obsession with immorality and the need for immediate gratification. You know, create a lot of wickedness. And last but not least, it just so happens that Pan is one of the symbols for Satan and the Antichrist. It's almost like we're being prepared for something. But that's not all, folks, because this new slick campaign that's being presented by witchcraft, Wicca, is now considered by some to be, quote, the fastest growing religion in the United States and the second most popular among teens. Why? Because that's who you're targeting. And folks, this is happening right before our very eyes. We're seeing right now, just like the Bible said what happened in the last days, an absolute explosion of witchcraft, which means we are headed for one of the most darkest, deceptive periods because now we've been conditioned to it. Like this video shows. Let's take a look. The fear has gone out of the general public. The craft is more and more acceptable. Paganism has infiltrated the mainstream thought pattern of most Americans today. There is a pagan revival. There are more people practicing true paganism than there are practicing true Christianity. Many people were seeking something apart from Christianity. The thing that attracts young people is the power, and it's immediate power. Different. 
know what you are. See it. Vampire. Whenever you drink blood, you gain incredible power. We choose only to let the general public see what we want them to see. Magic is about getting what you want. Magicians are people who get what they want. Slowly but surely, the beauty of the craft is becoming widespread. I'm not scared of you. You really shouldn't have said that. Black is not evil in any way. Psychic vampirism and physical vampirism were very viable ways of achieving power in black magic. But why hide it in this day and age? I've hidden in the shadows for centuries. It's time to share myself with the world. I'm very proud to be a witch. We live in a kind of post-Christian era. People are moving towards a kind of neo-paganism. The neo-pagan revival has uh, proceeded so rapidly. They have had the uh, cooperation of the media in, in getting their message spread. I want to do bad things with you. A lot of what we do has been taken over by the church. Christians really have married into occult practices. They no longer know the difference because they've become desensitized to the things of evil. Are you afraid? No. And that's the problem. Folks, it's happening whether we want to deal with it or not. Hollywood's one of the biggest educators and promoters of this. And it's exactly what the Bible said would happen in the last days. You're going to see an explosion of witchcraft. A couple more, we're, we're almost done. Just like with Satanists, though, I have to share this with you. This is an actual report I received for pastors. And it talks about how not just Satanists, but witches are also getting bold. And they're coming into churches. And listen how they, too, are taking churches down. Here's what it says. Several high-profile pastors have urged me to put into print what we now know in order to alert the church to some dangers we are now facing. We now know of a large number of churches that have been successfully infiltrated by witches. In fact, in one town, witches boast that they have infiltrated every church in the town, and by judging by the devastation caused in some of the churches in this town, their claim is probably correct. Their plan is meeting with amazing success. One church that we have been told of originally had a membership of well over 100. The membership is now down to 30, and the remaining members are almost totally demoralized. This is now happening of an increasing number of churches, and many promising young pastors are now leaving the ministry because of it. These witches, listen, are working to a carefully laid out plan, which has been operating for many years, right under our noses without our even ex uh, expecting it. Listen, some of the witches profess to be fine Christians. They dress well, they speak well, they're usually well-educated, and in some cases, knowledgeable in spiritual manners. But much, many witches, they also appear, listen, to sit content, to a, sit in the congregations content, mumbling their incantations, while others go out of their way to gain acceptance in the church and then carefully work their way into positions of influence. They become members and begin to take an active part in the church, could be singing in the choir, could be joining the diaconate, etc. Then they work to a highly effective plan which is aimed at destroying the pastor's reputation, seducing him or spreading rumors about him. They also create factions within the church and pit one group against the other and thus create division in the church. Then they may lay charges against the pastor and put these charges in writing and then send them to the diaconate. And this ploy often divides the members of the diaconate against each other or sometimes 
sometimes turns the diaconate against the pastor. And the results stemming from these methods are obvious and manifold. It creates confusion in the church, suspicion in the church, loss of confidence in the pastor, emotional problems, tension, and disunity. The list is almost endless, and we are certain this is only the tip of the iceberg. Unfortunately, the church in these last days has become so worldly and so materialistic that it is no longer any real threat to its enemies. I constantly hear Christians talk about spiritual warfare and putting on the armor of God, etc. But it would appear that with most, their knowledge of these things is theoretical rather than experimental. They are familiar with the jargon, but that's as far as it goes. Actual report. Folks, we better wake up. This is not a game. God's doing great things here at Sunrise, amen? amen? Souls are getting saved. We're reaching, Lord willing, 193 different countries, and we ain't seen nothing yet. Do you think it's going to come easy? The Bible says be alert, be watchful, be prayerful. Your enemy's always out there looking around, seeking for somebody to devour. What more does God got to do? Folks, this is why he's given us all these signs, the rise of wickedness with humanism and atheism and selfism and hedonism today with the occult to show us that the tribulation is near and the second coming of Jesus Christ is rapidly approaching. This is why Jesus said, when you see these things, church, don't just say, wow, that's very interesting. That the Bible came alive. No, what's the point? When you see these things take place, the rise of even witchcraft and Satanism and drug usage and humanism and atheism and all that stuff. You better stand up, Christian, lift up your head because your redemption draws near. In other words, Jesus Christ is getting ready to come back. And that should excite us. Yay! I'm out of this joy. Praise God. And so the point is this. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, I beg you, how many more signs has God got to give you? It is so apparent today. Just turn on your television. You're in the last days. Get right with God. Please don't be like one of these people who their hearts are so hard, they refuse to repent and get right with God. Today, you could have salvation. If God is tugging at your heart, call upon the name of Jesus Christ. Ask him to forgive you all your sins. He will. He will. He will. But if you're here today as we close, and if you are a Christian, then hello, what more does God got to do to motivate us? It's time to get busy. We have got to stop fighting against each other and falling for these stupid traps by actual Satanists and actual witches to get us to do anything but work together. We've got to get busy sharing the gospel. Why? Because one day, each one of us, myself included, are going to stand before God and we will be held accountable for what we did and what we did not do. And if we don't do what he tells us to do and let other people know about the wonderful news of Jesus Christ, one day, maybe you'll end up with a letter from hell. And I don't know about you, but I don't ever want to get a letter from from hell like this guy got we'll close in prayer after this what if what if you had a friend who died without knowing Jesus as their personal savior what if he or she went to hell what if one day you received a letter in the mail from beyond a letter from hell a letter from your friend in the flames of eternal torment I've been thinking about you. Zach, you're a Christian. You told me so yourself. I mean, we talked about it three different times today. Kelly brought it up, and you laughed it off. Coach Adams brought it up, and you changed the subject. I mean, it came up right before the wreck. Well, the question I can't get out of my mind is this, Zach. 
Why haven't you ever told me about how to become a Christian? I mean, you say you're my friend. But if you really were, you would have told me about this Jesus and told me how to escape this terrible place that I'm headed for. I can feel my heart pounding in my chest. The angels who have been chosen to cast me into hell are coming down the hallway. I can hear their footsteps. I've heard of this hell, Zach. They call it the lake of fire. I can't stand it, Zach. I'm terrified. No, the angels are at the door. Oh, no. No! They're coming in, and they're pointing at me. They're grabbing me and carrying me out of the room. I can already smell the burning sulfur and brimstone. I can see the edge of the cliff where hell burns. This is it. I am without hope. We're coming closer. 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 My heart is bursting with fear. They're holding me over the flames. I'm damned forever. This is it. They have thrown me in. Fire. Pain. Hell. Why, Zach? Why didn't you ever tell me about Jesus? Jesus. Signed. Your friend. Josh. Yes. Well, wish you were here. Wish you were here. Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church, and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But before you go, let me ask you one final question. Are you sure that if you were to die today, that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple things with you. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not? And the Bible also says that the wages of our sin or our unholiness is death. In other words, when we die... And it's coming for each one of us. We're all marching towards the grave at different speeds, but it's going to happen. The Bible says, therefore, since the wages of our sin is death, we deserve to die and go straight to hell and not to heaven. And that's bad enough, but to make matters worse, we don't want to admit this. God already knows. He knows uh, all of our behavior, everything, our thoughts, what we've done, what even we're going to do. He knows it all. He's gone. Even though he already knows this, we don't want to admit this. And so, out of love and mercy, God gave us something called his law, or the Ten Commandments. It's kind of like his x-ray into our heart to show us what he already knows, that he is holy and that we are not. And it's this unholiness or sin that separates us from him. Let's take a look at God's x-ray, if you will, his divine law, to show us what he already knows. The Ten Commandments, uh, the ninth one, says this, You shall not bear false witness. Okay, that's called lying. Okay, and if you've ever told a lie once, which we all have, myself included, the Bible says that makes you a liar. Okay, the, the, another commandment says you shall not steal. Okay, uh, and you might think, well, that's something that everybody does. Well, it doesn't make it right, and it demonstrates what God is trying to show us, that uh, we all have sin, and it's separating us from him. Even if you took a pencil in the third grade from somebody, if you did it without permission, that's stealing. And so now you've become a thief. The Bible says that you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. 
and how interesting it is and unfortunate that the only name under heaven by which men might be saved, the name Jesus Christ, has now become a common cuss word. The Bible says that God is so holy that even his name is holy. If you've taken the Lord's name in vain and used it as a cuss word or even flippantly, the Bible calls that the sin of blasphemy. And so now you become a blasphemer. The Bible says you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus says if you even look at another person with lust in your eye, you've committed adultery in your heart. And finally, the Bible says uh, you shall not murder. And you might think, well, hey, I haven't done that one. Really? Well, again, the Bible says that the sin of hatred is the same as the sin of murder. The only difference is you pulled the trigger, if you will, in your heart. You wish they were dead. And in God's eyes, it's the same thing in principle. Folks, that's only just a couple of the Ten Commandments. We didn't even go through all of them. But I think you're starting to get the picture. The Bible is correct. We have all fallen short of the glory of God, myself included. And that we are separated from God as a result. And so when our time comes, we're not automatically going to heaven. We are headed for judgment. We are headed for hell. Now let me tell you the good news. The good news is that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to save us. Jesus Christ died on the cross. It was the death penalty of its day. He paid in full uh, the price for our sins to be forgiven. Let me give you an analogy. For instance, even today, we could see that a person could commit a crime. Uh, they, they cannot reverse it. The, the sentence has been passed. The judge has uh, slammed his gavel, and they are ushered off into their jail cell. And in this particular crime, they are going to receive the death penalty. And so they're behind bars just waiting for the time, waiting for the call for them to go and uh, receive the death penalty. But believe it or not, as we know, there is a way that a person can get off a death row. And that is if the one in authority, the governor, would grant them a pardon. Now, they didn't earn it. Uh, they certainly don't deserve it. And there's nothing they could do uh, to earn it because nothing can reverse their crime. Okay? Yet the one in authority has that ability to grant them a pardon. Well, can I tell you something? That's what God has done through Jesus Christ. The cross was the death penalty of the day. God sent his one and only son to die on the cross, to take the death penalty in our place, and that if we would just receive his pardon for all of our sins, God is willing to allow us to get off a death row. He's willing to forgive us completely of all of our sins. That's the good news that I want to share with you. God loves you. The Bible says that God is not willing that anyone should perish, but everyone come to repentance. Won't you, if that's you, call upon the name of Jesus Christ right now? Won't you ask him to forgive you of your sins? The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Won't you do that now, wherever you are? Please. Take God up on his amazing, loving offer. I'll let you down. Man will let you down. People will let you down. But God never will. He wants to adopt you into his forever family. He loves you. He's willing to forgive you of anything and everything you've ever done, past, present, and future. It's amazing. Please, call upon Jesus now. Well, this has been Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church. If there's anything that we can do for you, please don't hesitate to ask. Our number and information will 
Come up here on the screen here shortly. And remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless. Thank you for watching this presentation from Sunrise Baptist Church. If you would like to send us a letter or any other kind of postage, you can reach us at 1780 Betty Lane, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89156. For more information, you can give us a call at 702-452-8599 or email us at bcrone at getalifemedia.com or you can visit our website at www.getalifemedia.com. Billy Crone and this ministry can also be found on Facebook and Twitter. Join us for services at www.sunriselv.com.